Size matters. At this point, at 37, it'll be 38 next year in the playoffs. The size matters. It, it will catch up to us, absolutely. All right. I think we're letting Devin Booker off the hook, though, because we're mm -hmm. just focusing on Chris Paul here. I have numbers here. He's 0 for 11 from three-point. The last two games, I love the Suns were facing. Right <laughs> what does that say to you? What has he done before? Especially this I mean, game. Yeah. Well, people were saying he could become the face of the league. I, I, I'm saying, I, I, and I agree with that. They're yeah. going to make him the face of the league. This is this, They're going to do that regardless, because his face is perfect for it. But I'm saying... <laughs> um, <laughs> What has he done before? I mean, he's only made the playoffs one time before. Like, why are we just jumping on a boat and just like... I will tell you this. If it's amazing what one game can do, because if this were reversed and Phoenix was the one that had won by four, was up by 46 yesterday, and they were blowing Dallas out of the building, and Devin Booker had played that way instead of Luka, we might be having a different conversation. Well but because yeah. of what actually happened, there... Devin Booker does not realize the damage that this loss has done. When you look at him, you're going to look at him differently now. Because that you a game seven with everything on the line, everybody know you got to show up. Okay, you put this star is the second time he's done this in an elimination game. So what does it say to you now? What it says to me is that he's not what we thought he was. Period. It doesn't mean that he can't play. It doesn't mean that he's not a star caliber player, but there are levels to this. And when you don't show up when it counts most, that gets held against you because that separates, or to use all the categories that you threw out yes. there, that's where the separation takes place. <laughs> that was well, a lot to start with. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack in those like two minutes. Uh, not wrong. Well, welcome to another episode of Bitches Love Sports. I'm Bitch Two. I'm Bitch One. <laughs> and and that was really sad. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, uh, watching that episode of First Take yesterday, and when he made that comment, like you know, Devin Booker isn't what we thought he was. It just like. Right here. Yeah, right here. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I felt it a little bit. I can only imagine how you felt it. Why you say it like that? Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say. Like, you saw me. Okay, so we had a scrimmage. Um, like, so our scrimmage was going on as the Suns game started. Uh-huh. And it was fun. I don't know what the score was. We weren't keeping score um, on purpose. But basically, as soon as I remembered to do it, I went to my phone and I turned the game on and I couldn't believe what I saw. Like, I thought there had to be some sort of mistake. I literally, she was like behind me and I hear, oh! and I'm like, what happened? Like, and I see like, she's like this. And I'm like, what's what's going on? Like, like in my mind, I'm like, somebody died. Something happened. What the yeah. fuck? And then she was like, the score of this game. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. I think at the time it was what, like 59 to 27? To 20, yes. And I was just like, yeah, like it can't be right. There's no way this is right, is what was going through my head. And like the, the camera cut to Devin Booker um, sitting on the bench. And in my mind, I was like, is, is he hurt? Like what happened? Like somebody make this make sense. Um, well. Um, <laughs> nobody's been able to make it make sense. Um, and yeah, what Stephen A. said, I, I can't say that he's entirely wrong. Now, I won't say that I look at him different because, like, I don't know, we already went through that whole thing, the, the breakup and <laughs> then me promising to be a better fan, which I'm trying to stick to. Um, I don't think 
I don't think people are going to look at him differently. They might think of him right now, right this moment, maybe for a couple of weeks or until this season is over. But I think people are going to, like, not really, like, giving him specifically that much shit when the next season starts. I really don't think so. They're definitely giving him less shit than they're giving Chris Paul. (sighs) That's another one. I think they are looking at him differently because it's like... Well, right now they will. It's, it's like now it's like, oh, he's got star potential, but he's not as good as so-and-so. Or, you know, well, he's going to be a star because he is who he is. Like, you know, some people will say it's because of his looks or where he ranks in terms of people who are drafted in his class, so on and so forth. But it's just that they would have looked at him differently had they won. And had he shown up. Oh, for sure. And they're looking at him differently since they lost. There was That, that was basically... Uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a legacy-defining game, but it was a game that determined your trajectory, right? And so that game was literally a fork in the road, especially for Devin Booker. His career could have gone this way or gone that way, and now it's gone that way. I mean, it's, his, it's only his second year going into the finals, right? Into, this, into the playoffs. It's like Patrick Beverly said, it's his second time going to the playoffs. Like... Give him some time. He's still young. He's still trying to figure it out. He's still not a How long is that going to be the reason? Until next season. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, D-Book, I am personally giving you until next season. Then I will, we'll have a different talk, but I'm giving you. What is it that you expect to see next season? That's going to tell you like, well, he already he's he's changed already a lot since last season. He yes. stepped up a lot, so I'm I'm yes. expecting that to keep going the same way that it has been this season. Okay. So if it keeps going that way, I feel like we're gonna see a way better, more mature, uh, with more leadership, Devin Booker than we've seen this season. Maybe kind of like what we talked about, where it's like if Chris isn't doing it, he he steps up. Yes, yes, I would like to see that, and that would have made a difference in this game. Even if they lost, right? Because yeah. you got to think about it. The Bucks lost. Holy shit. The Bucks lost by... Yes, I'm sorry. I know. I but yeah, know. so the Bucks lost by almost 30 points. This is, this by 28 like, points. This is like, right? But nobody is talking about Giannis the way people are talking about Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Why? Yeah. Because Giannis still went out there and scored 25 points. Have we seen him do more? Yes. But he still went out there and did his thing. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they didn't score 25 points combined. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> you know, but this is the thing. Like, and I talk with Flynn about this a lot. Like, everybody has days and everybody has games and everybody, you know, has, like, whatever that's going on at that point in time in your life. And maybe... It's really fucked up that it happened at the same time. <laughs> but maybe both of them. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to give them ben- the benefit of the doubt. Because I really, I really, really, really love CP3. Like, he's one of my favorites. And Dibok, he's, he's changed a lot this season, too. He's shown up. Like, not the last two games. But, you know, all the games before. Like, let, let's not forget about everything that he's done during the season. Like, just, you know, yeah, these are two very important games, for sure. But let's just not, you know erase everything that he's done the rest of the season either yeah but we might also want to look at what he's done from a realistic perspective 
So, like, yes, he has had games where he's put up big numbers, right? Yeah. But it's, it's it goes from one extreme to the other. You know, it's like he's either putting up big numbers and he's having a night where he's comfortable, but it's or he's having a night where he's uncomfortable and, and can't score. It Like, mm-hmm. I want to see him have a night where he's uncomfortable and still manages to find a way to get it done. It definitely seems like he doesn't know how to change the momentum. It's yeah. like if he starts off hot, and I think I said this about him last season, like when we first started the podcast, like if he starts off hot yeah. and he's doing good, he can get even better. Yeah. But if if it starts off and he's having a rough time, he doesn't seem to have honed the ability to pull things back on track for himself, much less his team. Well, you know, she- and it's like, Dear Devin, I still love you, you know. But if you if you knew me, you would know that I'm <laughs> honest with the people that I love. So I have to say these things. Yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe this is maybe this is the play that D book is. You're saying this is who he is? Maybe. Like maybe, like, maybe like, he like, won't get better. Like, this is just you know what? You I know I never right. wanted to mention this. I never wanted to mention this, but I'm gonna pull up something from his Wikipedia. I'm gonna read this. Oof. If she doesn't say even to me, this is <laughs> this is a uh... no. I didn't want to mention this because it's one of those things that I I like didn't want to be true or an indicator of his trajectory as a player. Okay, but um, when it talks about his uh, high school career, okay, I'm gonna see if I can skim through this because it's a lot. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically there were several games during his high school career where he would like do really well one game. And then the following game, it was like he would score like single digits. And then a couple of times this happened like during tournament play for his team. You know what I'm saying? Like a pressure game. Yeah, like a high pressure game. So it talks about um, this one game during the Division 7-5A tournament. Um, where they won 57 to 55. Um, but then in the championship game against Pascagoula High School, I think that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. Booker was held to single digit scoring for only the second time in the season as Moss Point lost 48 32. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they had to play an away game against defending state champion uh, Wayne County High School in the first round of the South State playoffs. Um, and they did the same thing, focused on defending him. Um, and they ended up holding him to a single first quarter free throw, and they won 57-37 in the Moss Point season, right? Well. Um, <laughs> junior year, there's um, that's when they start talking about, like, injuries. So it's like, oh, Booker, who struggled with his outside shot due to a wrap on his injured right wrist, hit all 17 free throws en route to a game-high 30 points in the win. Um, Moss Point, Point closed out the regular season with a 67-65 loss to Division 5-6A champion Hattiesburg High School despite 43 points from Booker. Um, the following week, Moss Point fell 54-51 in do- double overtime. Booker scored 35 points in the loss. Um, by the end of Moss Point season, Booker held scholarships offers from Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Michigan, Michigan State, Missouri, and Mississippi State. So that's his scholarship offers. There were like other accolades thrown in there amongst all that stuff. Um, and then even in his senior year, 
Like he was, he was named SEC six men of the year. So it wasn't even like, like the, you know what a six man is, right? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's basically like someone who's not starting. So like the six man oh, of the year okay, award okay, is like okay, an award okay, given okay, to somebody okay. who's like, you weren't a starter, but mm-hmm. you like did you damn good. Player, yeah. So <clears throat> here's an award acknowledging that. Right. And so I say all that to say, it's like one, he's always been given accolades, even if he wasn't the best person on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if his team wasn't winning, right. Yeah. He was always like held in high regard, regardless of the results of his team. So one, it seems like that might create a habit of it doesn't maybe, matter if I lose, I'm still going to win. And not saying it doesn't matter, but disassociation. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to where it's like there are some people who if their team starts to lose, they take it on as their personal responsibility to say, like, let, what can I do to get the team back on track? Right. Right. That is the most important thing. Um, whereas in his case, it seems like he either had other people around, um, like when he was at Kentucky, had other people around who they would put the team on their back, or even if his team lost, he was still getting a lot of acknowledgement and praise. Right. So I don't think he cares. I don't think he like wakes up in the morning. He's like, I don't care if the Suns win or lose. Like, I don't think it's that at all, but I think he's like, you want to have a healthy level of disassociation. Like you don't want to get to the point where you start um, engaging in destructive behavior because your team loses. Right. Yeah. But I do think, especially if you're an athlete competing at the highest level, at some point you do have to have some sort of emotional or visceral reaction because those are the things that end up like really driving us to look at it as a priority to improve in certain areas. And from reading this and seeing what happened against the Mavericks, it seems like, Devin Booker still hasn't figured out how, how to to, not, yeah. to 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 perform even <clears throat> when people are like on top of him defensively because that's what people kept saying about this game like oh they're blitzing Devin Booker right and that apparently is what happened to him his sophomore year in high school like it's still happening people are still like if we just blitz Devin Booker like it's, you know it's good like, yeah we'll be fine I remember last year I said <clears throat> I, I was like I wouldn't mind if book put some muscle mm-hmm. put some muscle on mm-hmm. i wasn't just saying that because it would be sexy which it would be but the part of the reason why i was saying that was I'm because i'm saying that for my personal view <laughs> okay. right part of the reason i was saying that was because like in my mind i'm thinking about what having a little bit more weight a little bit more muscle could do for him yeah. right mm-hmm. because it's like how tall how tall is book i should know this right you should know this i'm gonna say like six eight Six five, oh, right? Wasn't that far. Um, Three so, inches when you're that tall doesn't really <laughs> make a difference. So for comparison, Ben Simmons is six eleven. Um, oh, Yannis is like seven seven. Oh, Giannis six, is seven, also six eleven. So not as tall as those guys, but still pretty tall. But when Giannis is coming down the lane. People get the fuck out the way. Well, they don't get out the way, but it's like, I can tell they be thinking about it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, I can't see people, like, just... As a matter of fact, we, we've seen people try. They can't just control him in the same way. Right. Now, they did shut him down to 25 points, but that's 25 points as compared to books, what was it, 11, 10? Yeah, 11 points, right? That's just so sad. And a game seven. 
And then it's like, you've got CP3, and I mean, he's short. I, I almost feel... <laughs> he's six flat, right? I think he's yes. six flat. Which, okay, so so think about this. He's six feet tall. Remember we were watching that game between the Spurs and the Bucks, uh-huh. And there was that guy we kept calling the little guy? <laughs> yeah. And then we looked up his height, and he was 6'4". So now imagine that, and put that in the context of, of Chris Paul being six feet tall. Right. Well, Jonah's six feet tall, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, John is not tall. in the NBA. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, you know, from my height to from my perspective. You yeah. Know? To us, that would feel tall. Absolutely. Right. But, but it's like we've seen court, what that looks yes. like in, in relationship to yes. other NBA players. Yes. You know? It's, it's shorter for sure. So yeah. I feel like when you're that height, like, you, you got to do something, you know? Oh, and sure. I... I don't know. I feel like this is taking a turn to where I'm almost like <laughs> I'm CP3 and book. I love you and I love the Suns. I still support the Suns, but I also can't like sit here and pretend like there isn't room for improvement. And and you guys know that. Yeah. And I don't know I'm saying this. They're not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Empress I- Jen. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is not brought to you by Investment, but, but it, we it, have it. Could be, it could be sponsored by. But I'm it, glad it's but, here on yes, a day like today. Yes, for sure. Me too. But no, I think um, I think CP3 went through a lot the game before, and it's probably still carrying some of that pressure and, you know, all the stuff that happened. And I, you, you know, think after all this time, his mental game wouldn't be stronger than that? When people were messing with his family, I don't know how I would be. I would last. That would that, that was a fan, and that was one incident. Though. Yeah, well, I know, but me personally, I know that I would have carried that for more than a day. I don't know. For someone his age, being in the league as long as, as long he's been as in it, that, yeah. I can't see something like that affecting him that long. We got drafted in what two thousand five? I think so. Damn, I don't. I don't know these things. I'm gonna start my ADHD. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, he's been doing this for a long time. I, I don't think something like that would have affected him. I like. I have to believe if something did affect him, it was it was something that either happened in the game that day. Or in the game before, yeah. or maybe whatever happened with DeAndre Ayton, maybe it was carried on to the court by the the rest of the team. Yeah. Do you know what happened with DeAndre Ayton? I didn't see no. Okay, I didn't either, and I've been looking for details on it. All Monty Williams said was that it was internal. Um, did he play? No. Oh well, well that makes sense too. He's a very important player. Okay, skip Bayless on what Lil Wayne allegedly overheard. So this is a Lil he, Wayne. <laughs> he said, he said, he said. So <gasps> take that with as many grains of salt as, as needed. needed. Yes. <laughs> um, skip Bayless on what Lil Wayne allegedly overheard during the heated exchange between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. I might be saying dudes don't gossip. This is gossip. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Every sports talk is gossip. Skip said, Wheezy said. Okay. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns meltdown in Sunday's game seven loss to the Dallas Mavericks included a sideline confrontation between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. With Phoenix down 70 to 32 early in the third quarter, Williams substituted backup big man Bismack Biombo for Ayton. 
who sat for the remainder of the game and finished with five points and four rebounds. After Aiton returned to the bench, he appeared to have a heated confrontation with Williams per reports. Okay, so I guess he did play. Let me look back at the... I told y'all I didn't watch this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, once I saw five, that score, I did got not five points. Yeah. Um, he appeared to have a heated confrontation with Williams per reports. Um, Mr. Um, I don't know if he goes by Mr. Orange or Mr. ORNG. You've seen this guy, right? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't know. He's like a... He's oh, like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. yes, yes. Um, DA had words for Monty on that substitution. Monty walked towards him and asked, what did you say when the two coaches stepped in between them? Here is the only clip of the exchange that the TV caught where DA responded to Monty that led Monty to ask what he said. Okay. That was it? That was it? <laughs> okay, so nothing. So he um, was just like, hey, what time is it? Pretty much, because you ain't got time to say anything else. <laughs> How much time is left? You got towel? So Skip Bayless says, this, from what I was told, got really ugly. From what our man Lil Wayne told me, I think he either heard it or could lip read. Monty got so upset with Aiton that he said, you freaking quit on us. And that led to an exchange where each Monty and Aiton had to be restrained from going at it at each other. Whoa. I feel like he didn't say freak. Oh, I'm, I, I, I hope he didn't. Um, and Monty Williams on DeAndre Ayton only playing 17 minutes tonight. It's internal. So that was the part that I heard where he said it was internal. That made me think he didn't play at all. Um, so yeah, some, something happened and you it's know, disappointing to think that they would operate as this great team all season and then wait till game seven <clears throat> to get into the conference finals yes. to to pull this bullshit. But this makes me think that they've been carrying some drama, internal drama for a hot minute. You know, and like it just exploded. I mean, it would have to be something because even if a player has a bad game, as a coach, I can't imagine what would make me turn to a player in that moment and be like, you, you, you fucking quit on us. Yeah. Like, unless they said something insinuating that they quit on us or unless they've been underperforming for a long time and it seems intentional. It would take a lot for me to say that to somebody, especially during a game. Oh yeah, Dude, especially somebody seven. that <laughs> especially somebody that I normally count on. Yeah, like I think yeah. of what it would take for me to say something like that to somebody like like Alien or yeah. or CJ. Yeah, like, yeah, fucking quit on like yeah, like no, like you would have had to really have me fucked up already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like there's some there's some drama that's been like carried from I don't know how long, but and I think they just couldn't. That's possible. Um, speaking of drama lingering for a long time, Patrick Beverly, like shit dog. (laughs) First of all, you need to learn some respect. Um, I agree, but also, I mean, that's, that's my main point after seeing the video, what he said on, what was that? What what show was that? Um, I mean, he was on several shows, but I I think the link I sent you, he was on Get Up, but he Uh also went on first take. Pretty much saying the same thing. And before I go any further, one, 
I need people to use the word slander properly, okay? Slander and criticism are not the same because Patrick Beverly kept being like, well, why don't y'all give Chris Paul the same slander? Okay, slander is when it's a lie, okay? Slander is when you say something bad about somebody that is also not true, True. right? So you shouldn't be encouraging people to like put slander on anybody, okay? Now, if you're talking about negative criticism, if you're talking about highlighting negative characteristics or less than favorable characteristics, cool. You can say criticism. You can say judgment. You can say, you know, um, casting doubt, you know, putting a, a dark light on, you know, casting a shadow, throwing shade, whatever, but it's not slander. Okay. Like, please learn how to use that word. I'm so sick of people creating colloquialisms from just using words wrong. Okay. So I just had to get that out there. Um, it sounded like you needed to get it out. Yes. No, that frustrated me. I, I think the only thing that frustrated me more than his actual comments about CP3 was his misuse of the word slander. And then the, the fact that other people started doing it, like other people at ESPN started using the word the same way. Yeah. And then it was in the, the headlines, like, oh, Patrick Beverly throws all kinds of slander at Chris Paul. Now, Patrick Beverly said about Chris Paul could be considered slander, but even though I consider it untrue, it was his <clears throat> opinion. So, like, an opinion cannot be slander because an opinion cannot be true or false. Now, if an opinion is based on false statements or a, 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 a false or incorrect account of events, then, yes, like, those events as they are relayed can be slander. But opinion in and of, of itself, whether something is bad or good or sucks or it's great or somebody deserves something based on my personal standards, that cannot be slander. Okay. So, PSA over. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to play. <laughs> you going to play the video or you going to play the video? I'm going to play part of the video. Okay. I, I think I can find um, the, the right section. Okay. Not going to contradict anything that JJ just <clears throat> did. No. Like, I don't think we should be as shocked that the Mavs won. We should be shocked and I was as well watching last night, shocked by the Suns' effort and, and whatever was going on with right. that team internally. Right, that's, I think, the point we're trying to make here, Pat Bev, is that I, no one is, if, if Luca, that's what Wendy just said, if Luke had scored 60 last night and they win by six, we would have all said, unbelievable player. The Suns didn't show up. They, mm-hmm. they didn't, that's they a good scored point. 27 they points the in the first mm-hmm. half on their home floor in the game seven mm-hmm. for a team that, however good or bad we think they were, they did win 64 games this year. It is Something that I think has stunned a lot of people. How do you explain it? First off, uh, I know a lot of them. I'm gonna get a lot of like you know, I don't really care. They benched the wrong person. Should have benched Chris. And I'm not saying bench him now. Once you see they starting attacking Chris early, and you know that might become a problem later on. You need to see how my team works without Chris in the game a little mm-hmm. bit. I got benched. We won, we won though. Right. So right. You don't even you don't even remember that. Right. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying what I'm saying so. As a coach, you have to understand. Like man, I have to understand they're attacking my main guy. Um, I can't get buckets from him. I have to make an adjustment, whatever that adjustment is. And that's no, no fault against Monty. He's a great coach, coach of the year. But T. Lou, if T. Lou's there, he's making that decision. It's a hard decision, but he's making it. He's benching Chris Paul in game seven. Not benching him, but spurts here, spurts here. We got to see something else. I mean, apparently it didn't work. Acknowledging that it has become a problem, and despite his stature, I'm just making sure I'm understanding, despite his stature in the game. Coach the game, not the player. Coach the game, not the player. What do you think of that, JJ? I I think there's some validity to that, and I'll say because of the way they were playing Devin Booker, basically blitzing everything, whether that was the backside action on the dribble handoff, whether that was the step-up pick and rolls, they always had two on the ball with him. If CP is unwilling to shoot, unwilling to be aggressive, I agree with that. 
Here's a lost opportunity to me. James Johnson, for the last two trade deadlines, has preached continuity. I, have I think they had too. an opportunity this year. With what? <laughs> what he just said about that uh, he had been more aggressive or whatever. He fouled out with five points the game before. Like, I understand why he's not going as aggressive as he probably would have been otherwise. So, to me, that was a comment that it was like, sure, whatever, but I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think that is a, 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 a right thing to say in this specific game. Because he's probably like playing it safe because he doesn't want to foul out. It's game seven. I feel like, <clears throat> kind of like I said after that game, that's when you want to like switch course because it's like being conservative in the game where he only scored five points. That didn't work. So it's like, if you're going to score That's five fair. points anyway, you might as well give it all you got. You know, it's like you tried being conservative. You ended up fouling out anyway. So you might as well be like, well, shit, I got five points. Maybe this time I'll, I'll get 25 before I foul out. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know? maybe. I don't know. Um, but there was another. Yeah, the other one. Oof. I just contend that. Where does he play? Where does he play? CP3. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame? No question, yeah. no, right. uh, no question about it. No question about it. Do guys in the NBA go to sleep early the night before playing the Phoenix Suns? Hell no. No. You mean as a team or would you talk about Chris Paul individually? Chris Paul individually. Okay. No. I'm going to Stake 44 over there in Phoenix. I'm going to mm-hmm. have me a nice little wine. Probably sweat it out. <laughs> and uh, the pregame shoot around and get ready for Chris Paul. Steph Curry, I'm going, I'm going to bed at 8 o'clock. Mom, don't call me. My girl, don't call me. I don't, I'm, I'm locked in right now. It's, not, it's, it's, it's two different monsters. That's all. Yeah, well, listen. He plays. I don't. So if you're going to tell me that he don't go up, he, he, you know, you ain't going to sleep early for Chris Paul, that's fine. But what I'm saying about Chris Paul is this, and this is what can't be ignored. Quint essential point guard, floor general, make others around you better, knowing everybody's job, knowing what everybody is supposed to do, and, be, and being that elite floor general, that's not, under, that's not deniable. Now, when, now, what I would say to Patrick Beverly and my little brother here is being a little bit disingenuous is this. It's a hell of a word. Let me say, well, you know, you understand that yeah. you're a highly intelligent brother. You <laughs> act like you don't know what, you know exactly what the hell it means. The point that I'm trying to make to you about it is this. No. Why do you go to sleep early for Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry could drop 40 or 50 on right. you. That's why. See, you go to bed early for dudes that can embarrass you, that will literally wake up the next or go against you the next night and take you to school. So you get up to make sure they ain't going to do that to you. Most instances, that's not what Chris Paul is going to do. When Chris Paul was sensational and we were going ballistic because of what he was doing in game two, he had 28 points and 14 assists. That's not something you lose sleep over. That's a floor general that got a shot going, but he's still running the floor, running the team the way that you're supposed to do it. Where somebody like Steph Curry, you blink and he might drop 10 threes on you. You blink and he might drop 50 on you. That got Luka, for example, Luka with the 27 in the first half. Luka can drop 50 on you. Those are the dudes that you lose sleep over. Man, ain't nobody worried about Chris Paul when we play Phoenix. Right, I just saw Jason Tatum. What did I just say? No, I'm just letting you know how NBA players feel. I, so I, I, I believe you, but he what is. I'm saying he's is. He's finessed the game to a point so where he's, he, he gets I don't like that he all the petty calls, Celtics, so all the swipe throughs at the end. I mean, this guy is out, man. You going to be honest? You want to be really honest? Yes. He should have fouled out. He should have fouled out. 
The last game, too. You see the replay against Bronson. Hit him on the shoulder, hit him in the mouth. Ref don't call anything. If that's me, oh, review it. Oh, flagrant one. Shut if that's up. him, Nobody, they don't call it. So let's right not get now. it twisted, man. He should have fouled out. He can't guard. He literally can't guard. He can't guard. He can't guard. Yeah. He, you, he can't guard. Chris Paul can't guard anybody? Is that what you say? I, did you see that? No, he can't. Everyone knows that. Excuse me, excuse me. No, no, no. I don't know that. I haven't heard anybody tell me that. You, yeah, because you haven't suited up. You know, guys don't like to tell you all the truth. You know that. Because they scared. They scared. They scared what you're going to take with it. No, 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 no. He's right about that. They will, they will lie. Yeah, he will, he's honest. I'm they will lie. The they that is true. He's not lying about man, that. Man, CP can't guard nobody, man. Everybody in the NBA know that. Everybody can't guard anybody. What we call them? Cone. You know what you do with cones? Like when in the summertime, you got a cone. You make a move. What does the cone do? Stay still. Exactly. Yeah. He's a cone. Stop playing, man. Everybody that knows right. that. Everyone knows that. It's just y'all don't want to accept it. because no, I don't accept that. I, I don't. No, no, no. I'm saying, again, if you're taller than them, you know, so you can shoot over him, obviously. That's but an give issue. him the but, Ben Simmons but, slander. Give him the PG-13 slander. Give him the slander that you give everybody. First of all, watch yourself now. Come on now. Watch yourself now. Come on now. Don't compare CP3 to Ben Simmons. No, no, I didn't compare. I said the slander. I said the slander. Ben show up. I said the slander. Well, what's the slander? I'm going to give you If you show up, listen. You Listen. Just watch you, I consider a guy that's an elite defender. You know how I'm the best in the world. I know that you're an elite defender. I'm giving you props no, no, for that, the, my brother. The best in we, the we, world. We, we, okay, well, you should feel that way about yourself. I no, don't the, feel the, that the way numbers. about you, but you should feel that way no, about yourself. ESPN gave me the numbers. That you're the best in the world? It's Giannis at 41.3%, and it's Patrick Belly at 419 which means if you have the ball and Patrick Belly is guarding, it feels like Giannis is guarding you. I'm only six feet. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Well, I did say, the greatest in the Tom, world. Tama, I did say you were an elite defender. Be happy with oh, that. For no, me. I can't. Be happy with that okay. for the moment. Stay on for the moment. For the moment. My point to you. I don't like this dude. <laughs> First of all, you're not alone in that. A lot of people don't. I'm. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, I. I think he's wrong in a lot of shit that he's saying, and you just said it. Like. He made it about himself when you were talking about the Suns versus the Mavericks. Yeah. Or specifically about CP3, which fuck you for saying everything he said about CP3. And I think that's the issue that most people had with him is that the way he attacked CP3 was just so unwarranted. It's disrespectful. And he tried to pretend like it wasn't personal when it obviously is. You know, he's like, oh, I know I'm going to take a lot of heat for this. And it's like, yeah, because we already know that you don't like CP3. And like you are literally the only person going this hard on him about this loss and his performance. So, yeah, it comes off like this is a personal vendetta and you're not actually giving an honest take on the game that you saw. It comes off like, oh, you see somebody you don't like and right now they're down. And so you're going to kick them while they're down. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And so for anyone who's not familiar with the history between um, CB3 and Patrick Beverly, this is from an article in awfulannouncing.com. They said, there are a few things that are notable about these comments from Beverly. For one, this feels like stronger criticism against an active player than anything Green has said on air to date. Many of Green's most pointed rants have been about his grievances with various media. For another thing, the shots at Paul in particular are interesting given Paul's record uh, 12 all-star selections, including this year, four all-NBA first-team selections, a pick to the NBA 75th anniversary team, 
versus Beverly, who has never made an all-star team, and his best career award is probably his 2017 selection to the all-defensive first team. But if he's guarding you, you feel like Giannis is guarding you. Just keep that in mind. So that doesn't mean analysts can't say the 37-year-old Paul is ineffective now, and he certainly won Sunday, posting just 10 points and 4 assists in 31 minutes before leaving with an injury. And it doesn't mean that a similar playing career is required to criticize a great player. That's fair. But it's certainly unusual to see an active player go in this hard on someone so prominent. Thank you. Like, there's a difference between criticizing someone and attacking them. Right. Like, earlier, I feel like we both criticized Devin Booker and Chris Paul to an extent. We did not attack them. I agree. However, there's a lot of history between Beverly and Paul, as Beverly told J.J. Reddick in March on Reddick's Old Man and the Three podcast, that he battled Paul even before he got to the NBA with Beverly calling Paul a dirty motherfucker there as well. This is These are Beverly's words. You know, Chris, people don't understand me and Chris. What we have has been going on since I was in high school. It's a long ass time to hold a grudge. I see a lot of people don't know the backstory, but me and Chris, we clearly understand the backstory. So I got invited into a LeBron James camp. You know, the big Nike LeBron James camp when, he, when we was in college. You want a certain team, you get to play against LeBron. I think OJ Mayo was there. Chris Paul was there. I killed them, destroyed them in front of every, in front of, the way they edited it is weird, in yeah. front of every fucking NBA scout out there. Yeah. I'm a sophomore in fucking college. I'm going at them every fucking play. I'm calling them a child. And then, so you were always an asshole. Cool. Um, and then I see him in the NBA. So of course the energy is going to roll over to the NBA. Why? What do you mean? Of course. Right. And shit is not normal. Um, You're supposed to be an adult by then. Chris, he done slick shit. Most people do when they're kids. Uh, People don't know that's a little dirty motherfucking man. Chris know that too, man. I know you don't want to say it, but I'll say it for you, though. I know he was your teammate. I'm talking to JJ Reddick. It should be noted that Beverly's destroyed them in front of every fucking NBA scout out there did not translate into immediate (laughs) NBA success for him. He was only selected 42nd overall by the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2009 draft, traded to the Miami Heat, didn't make the team, spent four further years in Europe. He'd already played the 2008-2009 season there after academic eligibility issues at Arkansas and didn't come to the NBA until signing with the Houston Rockets as a free agent in January 2013. So his path to the NBA career was much more winding than the one traveled by Paul, who, shown at Wake Forest, was the fourth overall pick in the 2005 draft by the then New Orleans Hornets and has been in the NBA ever since. Beverly's grudge against Paul has spilled over onto the court at times as well. In particular, Beverly, then was the Los Angeles Clippers, shoved Paul from behind in a playoff series last year and picked up an ejection and a one-game suspension as a result. Of course, Paul is far from the only player Beverly has had verbal or physical clashes with. We've also seen that with Dennis Smith Jr., Russell Westbrook, Lonzo Ball, Gary Trent Jr., and more. And we've seen Beverly being combative with the media before, too, including roasting Will Kane on Twitter and then calling into his show and feuding with Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. (laughs) Michael Smith? Thus, ESPN likely knew exactly what they were getting from Beverly, especially with booking him for multiple debate shows immediately after Game 7 featuring the Suns and his long-standing adversary, Paul. So, yeah, I mean, ESPN is in the business of ratings and getting attention, and I know everybody's Twitter mentions was, like, lit up when he first appeared on Get Up, because um, I happened to be on Twitter that morning. But I feel like all this shows is, like, I mean, think about that. If you supposedly fucking destroyed this other team at a camp where there were all these other NBA scouts, 
why did it take so long for you to end up, you know, finding a a, a continuous spot in the NBA? Uh-huh. You know, that so that your, either says that your one peak. that was your peak. Either one, you didn't actually fucking destroy them. That was, you know, just your perception, perhaps a figment of your imagination, delusions of grandeur. Or two, you are such an asshole that they're like, we don't care. We don't want anything to do with this guy, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you can say Chris Paul knows what the deal is, but you're the one bringing this up. Not Chris Paul, right? Like, I, I, I think about how, like, how, like how long ago, like to say this camp happened when they were in college, before they got drafted. Yeah, thinking about the time he got drafted in two thousand nine. From then to Chris Paul being thirty seven, so you're looking at what at least twenty five years, least, depending on like least. I wasn't really paying attention to the specifics of the timeline, but you're looking at at least twenty five years, and so I'm just like. You know how much people change in 25 years? Maybe he did do something dirty my, in that my game. My sister is younger than 25. That's how, that's how much your life changes in yes. 25 years. So it's like, even if he did do something dirty during that game or say something fucked up, like I think about myself 25 years ago and like, yeah, yeah. I would hate if somebody took something I said 25 years ago and held it against me now. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, for I'm just sure. like, come on, dude, let it go. Like, if that's your motivation behind doing this, that's like really fucking sad, you know? It would be different if statistically he was performing like Chris Paul, if he had done as much for players in the league as Chris Paul had done, um, if he had built the rapport with the media. If Like Chris Paul goes to other teams and makes those teams better. If he had that kind of reputation, I could see him saying like, I don't understand why, he has why, yeah, why Chris Paul gets XYZ and I don't. Okay, but you can't say that about yourself. Like, there aren't that many people who even like you, like, as a person. <laughs> Seriously. So it's like, I, I, I feel even like... Stephen A, even Stephen A was not even agreeing with your shit. Yeah, and I mean, Stephen A is cool with him, but he wasn't agreeing. But it's, it's just kind of well, like... Well, he usually agrees with all the all the crazy <laughs> stuff and all the shit. And he well, was I, like, I think Whoa. they have, like, an actual friendship from, like, watching their interactions on first take, yeah. which, I mean, it's fine. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like you have some personal disappointments that you need to like you need to work on your yeah. on your mental game and your personal shit dog like you can hold a grudge for that long like that is unhealthy that's literally unhealthy yeah literally like I have some pills here to use <laughs> do, do you need some meds <laughs> I'll send you a bottle of plenty <laughs> but no that's the, I was just I was I I like okay so but, I don't know how to word this in a way that it's not going to sound. Anyways, I hope this makes sense. I understand that you can criticize some people or some players or whatever. Criticize, right? Like you're giving them in a way you're giving them feedback, even if they don't listen to you. But you're saying something that you see is your opinion, whatever. Fine. But the dis- that's just disrespectful to a person that... Just reading the stats is way better than you. Has been in the league longer, mm-hmm. way longer. Didn't have to jump from team to team to team to team to team until I actually made it to the NBA and stay there for a hot little minute. Like, you can't, you, I couldn't compare myself to like, I don't know, Lady Trample. Like, I, why would I do that? And, it, and like, like, like the article said, it's different if it's just, 
criticism, right? Because right, it's like, right, exactly. You know, we criticize players, and I'm like, I can't play basketball at all, right? <laughs> but I'm also not going to attack a person. That's the thing. It's like you are literally attacking a person that is in a different league than you. So yes. it's like, why? Yes. Why? Why are you doing this? Yes. I don't know. It just makes no sense. And like, I don't know, like, if he was slick, like, yeah, I haven't you been slick, dog? Like, I know I have. I'm pretty sure you have. Like, we've all been slick at some point in our life. I mean, that's why I watch my mouth human. so much now. People yeah. be thinking I'm quiet. I'm like, no, I know what can happen when uh, I just let loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm... Yeah, exactly. See, exactly. But it's that's called maturity, which I think you. you have not gotten there yet. No, and not, you, not at all. you you're running a little late, dog. You're just <laughs> running a little badly. Um, uh, I don't know. I was just I don't. It was it was it was hard for me to watch like that kind of uh uh like attack on CP3. Like I don't know him same. personally. Obviously, I don't you know go grab a cup of coffee with him anyone's. And we'll be but... in Phoenix in September. Hit us up. Hey. <laughs> Let's let's go to Stake Forty Four. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but like um, I don't know what, what I see from CP Three is him buying five hundred tickets for a women's a WNBA game. That's what I see from CP Three. You know that yes. that that kind of stuff. That support from women's sport from his own team from doing the work to try to improve the NBA and the WNBA and the WNBA and pain like that. That's what I see from CP Three, regardless. Uh, doing work how to improve much, the status yes, of HBCU yes, sports. Yes, yes. Philanthropists. Yes. the kids. Yes, all that. That's what I yes. see of CP3. So when you go and that's who you're attacking. Yes, you, exactly. You, that's, that's, that's what I get you mad. You look like an asshole. And that's why I get he upset. He really does look like Voldemort. Ever he since does. I want to see him like, We're looking at Adam Silver is on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, I was, I was like, yeah, Adam Silver. And she was like, oh, Voldemort. <laughs> And I was just like, <laughs> the fuck? But ever since she said that, I can't um, see it. <laughs> just with the nose. I can't stand you. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That, that's that's my point. Like, like for you to attack a person that, for what I see, does so much for the community and so many communities, that it's 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 disrespectful. Is like very like. Uh, uh, what is it called? Distasteful? Is that a word? Yeah, that's that's a word. Like, it, it applies. I don't know if it's the one you're looking for, but it applies. Yeah, like 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 yeah, like no taste. Like that was really bad. Like you shouldn't oh, have said that. Look at Malika with a new hairstyle. <laughs> I see you with this slick back ponytail. I like this on her. It makes <laughs> it look different. Good. Yeah, because it she brings up good. her cheekbones. I like it. Normally she has her hair down, or I like know, she might have it in like a bun. That. I yeah, I like it like that I, too. I like it like that. Look at you, you looking face. cute. Yeah. <laughs> we got the this is what you're supposed to do. Got the highlights. See, she was okay. See, this is how you this is how you give criticism. <laughs> it's positive criticism. It's positive feedback. But yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. That was that was that was too like it was weird. Like. Are you looking for sex? Are you looking for me to pick you up? Are you looking like I don't know? I don't know what. To I can't stop looking at Malika Andrews. I don't know who did her contouring for this pregame show, but I'm just like, bitch. <laughs> Look at you. Oh my God. <laughs> in the last two years, 
is that with roughly two weeks left in the season, one year we had 25 year, 25 teams still in contention. Next year we had 24 teams still in contention. So that's what we were really hoping for, particularly a team that has an injury early in the season. Instead of deciding, let's just rebuild, they see an opportunity, they can sneak in and then compete. So relatively early still, but we think it's working well. So far, so good. Uh, so another big storyline in the league this year has been stars. I'm talking James Harden, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, essentially using their play as a bargaining chip, right? And and there's a sense among teams and ownership that the NBA has a responsibility to handle player availability kind of outside of injuries. I know that CBA talks are coming. You don't necessarily like to negotiate through the media, but what is the responsibility? What changes can be made to these player contracts so that they are upheld and then also that, so that the, the game, the integrity of the game is upheld as well? It's a great question. I, I'm not sure there's a silver bullet, meaning if only we had this new language sure. in the player contract, that would solve the problem. It's one that goes back for NBA fans many generations in terms of players holding out, players pushing to get moved to other teams. These are players that have unique talent. They're always going to have leverage. Of course, from a league standpoint, we want teams down our contracts we want players down our contracts so there's no doubt we'll sit down and talk about it i know we can do better i know the players want to do better because it's not an individual sport so if a player is pushing to move out of a city it has enormous impact on all those other players some of whom chose to go to that city as a free right. agent because that player was there so i i, I actually think there's a, a mutual um issue a, a common concern when there's a problem, but also a mutual issue in fixing this problem, making sure that contracts are fully honored. So we'll sit down, we'll address that with the Players Association. Something else that we've seen pop up time and time again, unfortunately, over the course of this season is fan aggression towards players. And with this increase in gambling in arenas, we're seeing it play out in real time where fans are literally losing their money while they're watching the game play out on the court. What is the league's responsibility to do or change to further protect their players? I'm not sure there is a correlation between increased betting on sports and fan aggression in arenas. I think that's part of a larger societal issue. We're seeing enormous polarization. We're just seeing political discourse, civil discourse. So I see it everywhere I go. I, and I think in some ways we're a microcosm of that. So we are seeing an uptick of it in arena. And we have enormous responsibility, not just to protect our players, but to protect our fans. 99 point whatever percent of fans are there to enjoy themselves, to be with their families. The last thing they want to see is hostility directed at them by other fans or certainly at the players or at our referees. So we've increased security in arenas. We're working with our players association just to make sure also that players aren't distracted. I've heard incidents where a player, often their families are there. And the last thing a player is in a competitive game wants to be looking over at his daughter or son sitting in the stands or, you know, a significant other and see that somehow they're in distress. So that has to be resolved. But but it's a bigger issue than just the NBA. Something else that you and I have talked about several times that has been on the, the top of mind for folks has been this mid-season tournament. Where are we in terms of any progress that's being made towards that commissioner? In terms of progress, I've shifted from mid-season to in-season. <laughs> that's a little bit of progress. I think that finding exactly where in the season it makes sense. The current thinking is as opposed to mid, maybe somewhere early December before the holiday. But we're 
continuing this idea. In fact, we had a general manager's, general manager's meeting here in Chicago today and talked to them about it, that there should be something else to play for in addition to the Larry O'Brien trophy. It doesn't mean that we would lessen in any way that desire to win that ultimate goal, to win the championship. But just as other leagues in the world do, you know, particularly international soccer, there are other cups worth pursuing. And a new tradition won't be created overnight, but we think there is op an opportunity to create some sort of tournament during our season that would become important for its own sake. And it sounds like general managers were receptive to that. Yes, they were very receptive. Before I let you go, Adam, um, the, the league, it has a long and rich history of advocacy. And we've seen this uptick in the WNBA bringing awareness to Brittany Griner's, Griner's wrongful detainment in Russia. And we've seen it on an individual player level in the NBA, but not so much on the league level. What do you see as the league's role and responsibility in ensuring her safe return to the United States? The league, and by that, the, both the WNBA and its brother league, the NBA, we, we have a huge responsibility to Brittany Griner as one of our players. I mean, part of our decision to not take a higher profile here, frankly, came at the suggestion of experts in and out of government who yeah. thought the best path to getting Brittany, Brittany out was not to amplify the issue. Having said that, there's an enormous role for the public to play um, through protest or you know, letting their representatives know how badly, you know, they, how strongly they feel about this. But so we're working now. Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA, is on this issue every single day. I'm working side by side with her, but we've been in touch with the White House, the State Department, hostage negotiators, you know, at every level of government and also through the private sector as well. So um, our number one priority is her health and safety and making sure that she gets out of Russia. It's you, Malika. That's why she she was like, everybody's going to be watching this interview. Hold on. Let me take it to the next level today. I don't like that lust answer. So they didn't like blow up like like posts and stuff on social media because they were letting the government deal with that. Um, or it yeah, was like so, a government advice to not do that. That's weird. From what I understand, um, hold on. I, I pulled up an article on this earlier and I'm pulling it up now okay. as we talk about it. From, from what I understand, because she wasn't directly taken as a hostage, mm -hmm. right? It was unclear whether she like actually broke the law and was actually a criminal or if this was influenced by the fact that she's American or black or LGBTQ. Um, or tall or had dreads or tattoos. Yeah, any of that stuff. <laughs> um, and so initially they did not think it would be helpful to amplify the issue because they weren't sure what information was going to come out. And since they didn't have that information, they weren't sure what impact it might have. So like, let's say she wasn't taken as a hostage and they were just like, this black woman got something in her bag that she shouldn't have had. And then all of a sudden it turns out like, oh, shit, she actually is valuable to the people of America. And like, like the NBA obviously didn't really know what role the U.S. would play with this whole Russia-Ukraine situation yeah. or what the White House might be doing. So they were like, this is very sensitive. We don't want to fuck it up. Let's just hold off and get all our ducks in a row before we react. That was my understanding because of just everything involved yeah. in it. Yeah. And then 
Um, I know there were a lot of headlines saying that Britney was wrongfully detained. Apparently, mm-hmm. that was something issued by the White House. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say why they said she was wrongfully detained, but it wasn't the Russian government who was who were like, oh, we wrongfully detained this woman. Because that's what a lot of people are asking. Well, if he was wrongfully detained, why hasn't, why hasn't she been released? Right. And yeah. it's because it wasn't Russia who said that. It was the U.S. who said that. Joe Biden administration basically were like, yeah, we believe she's been wrongfully detained. But Russia's like, we believe she has a hearing in May. Yeah, like... <sighs> So you cannot say we believe and then make a make a fucking headline that she is yeah, wrongly so, convicted. Yeah, that's, so that's that's two completely where the, different things, dog. That's where the confusion came from. Because a lot of I was asking that question. I was like, if she was wrongfully detained, we'll send her at home. Like, what the fuck is going that's on? That's what I've been waiting for. And so yeah, Russia was like, we never said that. Um, so here's an article from IndianExpress.com. Um, Brittany was um, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So it says the Phoenix Mercury All-Star Center may as early as Friday. So that would be this Friday. Mm -hmm. Face a Moscow court hearing, which is likely to extend her pre-trial detention. Um, So for anybody confused about that, like there's a reason why the U.S. Constitution guarantees the right to a speedy trial. It's because other countries don't necessarily have that. There are countries where if you get locked up, nobody's ever going to hear from you again. And you might not get a fucking trial, right? So that's like, uh, that was like a big thing for our Mm -hmm. founding fathers. And not every country has that. Um, Russia kind of has like a hybrid where they'll have a hearing to extend your pre-trial detention, but you you don't know when the trial is going to happen. So um, it says it doesn't help that she was arrested in Moscow at the lowest point of U.S.-Russian relations in decades. Uh, here is a look at Griner's predicament and the efforts to secure her release. So the le- the next legal step um, is that the Russian court could come as early as Friday or any time before May 19th when her detention period is scheduled to end. And the court will likely extend her pretrial detention. No trial date has been set. May 19th is the day Griner's detention period is scheduled to end, not a court or trial date. Courts in Russia routinely extend pretrial detention and suspects can spend years in jail awaiting trial. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration says Griner 31 is being wrongfully detained. The WNBA and U.S. officials have worked toward her release without visible progress. Um, how is her case viewed in Russia? The Russians have described Griner's case as a criminal offense without making any political associations. So... But it comes amid Moscow's war in Ukraine that has brought U.S.-Russian relations to the lowest level since the Cold War. Despite the strain, Russia and the United States carried out an unexpected prison exchange last month, trading ex-Marine Trevor Reed for Konstantin Yoroshenko, a Russian pilot serving a 20-year federal sentence for conspiring to smuggle cocaine into the U.S. While the U.S. does not typically embrace such exchanges, it made the deal in part because Yoroshenko had already served a long portion of his prison sentence. The Russians may consider Griner a potential part of another such exchange. What is the U.S. government doing? The State Department last week said it now regards Griner as wrongfully detained, a change in classification that suggests the U.S. government will be more active in trying to secure her release even while the legal case plays out. The status change places her case under the purview of the department's special presidential envoy for hostage affairs, which is responsible for negotiating for the release of hostages and Americans considered wrongfully detained. 
Also working on the case now is a center led by Bill Richardson, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations who helped the release of multiple hostages and detainees, including Reed. So that may be part of the reason for the change in status. They might not have any reason for believing that she's wrongfully detained, but it's like, okay, in order for these special people to handle it, we have to classify her this way. Yeah. Um, And so things like that are why organizations like the NBA and the WNBA didn't want to be as vocal in the very beginning, because basically how it's handled, especially as far as getting anything done, is not entirely up to them. It is not at all. And so (laughs) so you you don't want to do something, you know, you don't want to like make it have an emotional response or a knee jerk response and like fuck shit up, basically. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's, you know. That's the bulk of it. What are the WNBA and Mercury doing? Griner will be paid her full salary of nearly $228,000, even though she is being detained. The WNBA also is acknowledging Griner's absence with a decal on the home floor of the 12 teams that has her initials and number 42. I saw it um, in the game between the Storm and the Mercury. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw I saw a reel about it, too. The WNBA approved giving the Mercury both roster and salary cap relief so they can carry a replacement player until Griner returns home. Um, She's been for three months now? Yep. The WNBA and Mercury were at first reticent to say anything in fear of exacerbating Griner's situation, but have become more vocal as her detention continues. Several players have spoken out, including Seattle Storm forward Brianna Stewart, who has tweeted daily about Griner. So, yeah, I think for a lot of people, they just don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just really sad. So that's why we are. It is really sad. So I was going to bring that up later, but since it came up in this conversation, that's where we are with that. Um, I think about Brittany every day. Like, we don't necessarily tweet her, tweet about her every day, but we also don't tweet in general every day. So, yeah. you know, don't take that as a slight. Um, I'm yeah. glad Malika Andrews asked that question, but... Basically, we're we're still waiting. We're still in the holding pattern. And, like, there's really nothing we can do. No. Nope. Because it's in Russian custody, so whatever they want to do, that's what they're going to do. Unfortunately. That's just, now, the other question... Up, but it is what it is. Yes, very much so. Um, the other question that I was really happy that Malika asked about was about fan aggression mm-hmm. and the relationship towards Betty. <laughs> now, I think Adam Silver's answer was bullshit. Yeah. Because, of course, he's not going to, you know, fuck up that stream of income. Of the course. NBA benefits from people betting. So he cannot right. go into a That's nationally what, broadcast interview and be like, you need that money. Uh, keep it be in, like, like, oh, yeah, we do in. think that it's, it's ruining the fan player relationship. We do think it's causing problems with fans in the stands. Like, he, he's never going to say that, even if he believes it. Even if he had hardcore proof, even if somebody like wrote a letter to Adam Silver, like I'm going to go to every Dallas Mavericks game and cuss out Luka Doncic every time I lose a bet. Because it's like, you know, it's not like they just bet on whether you win or lose now. Now you can bet on things like points and yeah, then, like three points of players scores in a third yeah. uh, in, a, in a quarter, mm-hmm. like summer points. It's like like, y'all just go to one of the, the, the betting apps and just look at the number of things that you can bet on. It's ridiculous. And at any point, any of those things can go wrong simply by a player making or missing a free throw or a player committing a foul that causes somebody else to not get a three-pointer that you thought they were going to get. And so, yeah, you got people betting hundreds, thousands of dollars on the shit. And and they're irresponsible as fuck. And then they get mad, you know? Yeah. 
And so I think it just comes down to who you want to put the responsibility on. Because like, yeah, we could say like, you know, you have to be a certain age to use these betting apps. So you need to be more responsible. Don't bet that money if you don't no, have it. To... Right, right. But like, we're not, we're not shitting on everybody that bets on whatever. Yeah, no, like, no, no, that's no. not what it is. But there's a lot of people that are gamblers that have that uh, angry, you know, when you like some angry drunk people, these are angry gamblers too. That, that's what it is. It's an addiction. It is a lot of people. It is an addiction. So if they're going to lose a lot of money, even if it's a hundred bucks, like if I lose a hundred bucks, that's going to affect me. <laughs> so I will get mad too, but it's, it's a different one is like you're, you're, you're betting that money on somebody else. Yes. So and instead of taking responsibility exactly, for losing your money, now you blame that, that person yes. who you happen to be there watching yes. and you feel entitled to lash out. Yes. Thank you for putting that into words that I yeah. can. Yes. Even That's though they didn't, they didn't tell you to bet that money. Like, exactly. You know? Nobody, nobody forced you to do that. You did that on your own. So and then you like, you know, you, and I mean, I, I don't think Adam Silver was totally wrong. I do. I think both things are true. I think the increase in betting and gambling has led to increasing an increase in fan aggression. Oh, for sure. I also think that the changes in our society have led to an increase in fan aggression. So I think, I think there's a combination, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's not wrong, but I do think him not putting any of it on gambling was some bullshit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree 100%. I mean, there is definitely a, Connection between the two. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having, I don't know what's going on with me in my brain today, but it's really hard to think about words. It like, I can't think of any vocabulary today. Tired? I guess. I don't know what it is. Maybe a combination of everything, but. I know when I don't get enough sleep, my anxiety increases. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's why I've been on edge like the last like couple weeks. I, I was like freaking out on Sunday and I was like freaking out this morning. <laughs> I need to get some sleep, man. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I'm very stressed right now too. My car is dying. I need a new car and that's very, very stressful. That's very so. If you're watching Help Us Pain, get a new car. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we, like we, for real. Yes. Yes. Like for real. For real. Because it's, it's, it's bad. And it's my first car, so it's really sad too. And I... Paid off and everything. As soon as it's a cute it car too. Off. Yes, so I got a cute interior, but it's yeah, it's, it's very personalized. My car is like it is the only thing that I own, so it's like it's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, Are you on it? Like you finished making payments? Mm-hmm. Man, bro, you need to hurry up and trade that shit in before it completely shuts <laughs> out. I can't. And the mechanic already told me when I took it last year that they weren't. Somebody will it. trade you something for it. Well, he told me that he would he would take it for parts. Like he would they give me they some do money that sometimes. Parts. I did that one time years and years ago. I had a car. I had to trade for parts. I got a little something for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. Um, <laughs> a little sidetrack. All right. Well, now that I think we've covered everything that Malika talked about, I love her so much. She is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She looked really, really good today for sure. Yeah. I, I love her in a different way that I love like Molly Karam and, and, and Monica Magnet. I think because like I've never seen her just like like show attitude the way that Molly and Monica do. Yeah. Do they only have people whose name starts with M? Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um but yeah, so like I've never seen her show that kind of attitude, but just I, I like watching the NBA today because I her like I I I enjoy her work. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, so circling back, we talked about Devin Booker and Chris Paul and the Suns lost to the Mavericks. Let's talk about another side of the coin. Let's talk about... I feel like this had happened last year, too. Remember during the Olympics when Devin Booker, like, was not performing well? And I was like, Jason Tatum, what's up? <laughs> I was like, Jason Tatum is Bay now. So, it's, Grizzlies are out. Mm-hmm. Suns are out. You it, it's back to... Huh? You're going with the Celtics now? Girl, go back and listen to our past episodes. I've been going with the Celtics. I told you I love Giannis, but I love Jason Tatum more, and I want to see the Celtics win. Who are you going for now? Going with the Mavericks now. Well, I mean, they're, they're in two different conferences, so it's fine right now. Like, the Celtics are about to play the Heat. I know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I have extreme beef with a person that is from Boston and a Celtics fan. So I can't, for the life of me, root for the Celtics ever. Okay. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) And I love White. And I love White. Like, I loved him when he was playing with the Spurs. And I loved him like I, I do. And I love... You know, I'm like, he's hot and he's such a good player. But you're talented. <laughs> I love a lot of people in the Celtics. I just cannot root for the Celtics. So here's the thing. Jason Tatum is bae. <laughs> he's a good player <laughs> yeah. and getting better and better literally by the week. And no he's objection. fine as fuck. No objection. No objection. So I will root for the Celtics from this point from this point moving forward with everything I have. <laughs> this may be the town that we actually argue. <laughs> we don't have a reason to argue right now. The Mavs are playing a whole different team. I know what but, but, but if they both make it, if they both make it. I'm already stressing. <laughs> I'm already stressing. And I'm not. A lot of I'm like, I'm ready this. to watch Tatum kill it. Kill it. Do you think, boo? I, mean, <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Even if I wanted to, like, I, I, I can't. Morally. <laughs> Morally, I, I, I can't. Like, I'm sorry. Fangirling for Jason Tatum is fun. So I'm sorry you have to miss out right now. Oh, me too. I, and I love him. I know, and he's like so good, and he's like so cute and hot and talented and 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 everything. Mm-hmm. I do. I I I love you, Tatum. I do. I do. I I can't lie. And you gonna let some some motherfucker you don't even like stop you from cheering for Jason Tatum? I can. I just like he's wearing the Celtics jersey. Like I said, you gonna let some motherfucker you don't even like stop you from rooting for Jason Tatum? <laughs> well, you know, when you put it like that. I'm saying. Oh, whoever it is, fuck them. <laughs> look at, look, you know, know. Steph Curry, look at his face. I know, I know. He's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, One day we have to figure out how to let y'all see what we see on the TV. So. Yeah. So I appear a little bit yeah. less random. But if you've uh, ever seen the crypto commercial yeah. with Steph Curry and the faces that he makes, that's what I was referring to. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I, I need to get over it. I know. It's it's been a it's been a long time. It's been a year and a half since the last shit happened, but I just can't 
I don't I don't have a Tatum jersey, but I do I do have some Boston Celtics shorts and I do have a Kevin Garnett jersey that I will rock until I get my Jason Tatum jersey. So I'm I ready. Will, I will wait until he trades teams. <laughs> what if you don't? Then I will just love you from afar. <laughs> don't wait till the next Olympics. <laughs> I will get a Jason Tatum uh USA team jersey but that's it no, yeah. no, no. maybe the next all-star game you know get all that too jersey. that too that too you I know think, the one that, the one that, his... the one that Beverly didn't make you know <laughs> that one Shade. <laughs> that was the bullshit i think that jason tatum so might bullshit. have his own merch too i don't know let me see Ooh. i wouldn't be surprised but no, not through the NBA store. Everything says Celtics on it. Of course. Because some, sometimes players, they be having something that's like, like just their name. I know, but honestly, like, and I, and I like, like, the Celtics theme and their, their, their jerseys and everything. Like, they're cool. And their merch is really cool. I just need to get over the shit. They have Jason Tatum Foundation. Oh. The mission of the Jason Tatum Foundation is to positively impact and inspire children, teens, and their families through education, athletics, and support, and to encourage them to strive to fulfill their personal dreams and aspirations. As a part of this mission, we will work to equip children and teens with tools that will empower them to be the positive change they need to see in their communities. You know, we can put this in contact with with TIFF. Yeah. You can get an old Duke jersey. Right? I, would, I, would, I, would, I would get that. I would, I would get that. Actually, I like him better with the long hair, though. I do, too. Yeah, they have an option to, to donate. I don't think they have an option to, like, buy stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. I'm it's sorry. Cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'll just have to get over it. I know I have to get over it because I actually do like the Celtics. It's just I have this, like... Yeah, internal conflict. I'm sorry. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Legit. Me too. I wish I didn't have this internal conflict, but because I do. Anyways, yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the major stuff that we have to talk about. Nothing major is going on in the NFL yet. Um, no. The Cowboys rookies are at camp. That's cool. Jerry Jones probably talked to the mayor. <laughs> but this, on, let but me this. see if there's anything new about that. <laughs> He's probably going like, yo. Either to tell him like, good job for telling you, for doing what I told you to do. Or you, you fucking crazy asshole. Delete those streets. Resign. No? No news on that? Three hours ago, Dallas Mayor now wants more than second NFL team to join Dallas Cowboys in North Texas. What? What do you mean more? That doesn't more even make than- sense. You want more NFL? What? <sighs> um, it says 
He doubled down on his mission Tuesday when he announced the creation of a city council committee focused on attracting and retaining professional sports franchises in the city limits. Johnson created the committee, the Ad Hoc Committee on Professional Sports Recruitment and Retention, via a memorandum to his colleagues on the city. Dallas is the best sports city in the country right now, said Johnson, who will serve as the committee's chairman. But for too long, Dallas has been too passive when it comes to attracting and retaining professional sports franchises. What? Yeah, that makes no sense. You have a professional Y'all just literally had like a historical moment last (laughs) week where two different teams had a game seven. It was like the hockey team and the basketball team on the same night. Dallas is a big league city, and this new committee will help us compete at the highest level. Y'all not are what? Like you're not competing at the highest level on any sport. All the major sports in this country, you have a fucking uh, pro team. Yeah. Johnson pushed the idea of a second NFL team based in Southern Dallas because North Texas is on pace to overtake the Chicago metropolitan area as the third largest in OK. He's so subtle on that shit. <laughs> the two largest markets, New York and, and Los Angeles, have two NFL teams each. The Dallas-Fort Worth region, which Johnson calls the mecca of football, would be the largest market in the country without two professional National Football League franchises. See, I want him to explain the gap between... um. Dallas and New York and Los Angeles, though, because to say you're the largest market in the country without two professional NFL franchises doesn't really say like, OK, well, how close are you to these other markets? Right. You know, mm-hmm. let me see. Um, L.A., New York, Dallas market size. So this is this. okay. so the first thing that comes up lists the number of homes. So right now it's New York with seven point four, five, three million. Los Angeles with five point seven, three, five million. And Chicago is at three point four, seven, two million. And at the time when this was recorded. I don't have a date. It must have been a while back because it had it has Philadelphia at two point nine, nine, seven and Dallas as two point nine, six, three. Oh, this says as of 2021. So not that long ago. But I'm saying, yeah. even if you were to get like, okay, so they said overtaking Chicago, right? Which might mean like 3.5 million. That's, That's still a couple million away from Los Angeles's 5.735 million. And a lot more from New York. You know, right? That's still a couple. That's still, yeah. And then you've got New York with over 7 million, you know? Yeah. So I guess, I guess all of them calculate market size by number of homes. Um, still though I don't think that's millions that's the difference in millions in millions yeah but like he he be acting like he don't know fucking Dallas Cowboys fans I mean he might not he might not maybe he's in his little mayoral bubble and doesn't like really realize what he's saying and he's only thinking about it from the perspective of I'm the mayor and I want this to be my legacy and looking at the numbers, we can make this happen. But, and I was explaining this to some of our teammates. My my bachelor's degree was um, in human and organizational development. And it's literally a degree that teaches you to look at organizations and communities as people. Like, look at the characteristics of the people who make up these communities and look at them as people, not just as numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the issue here. Like, you can look at the numbers and be like, we're about to be the third largest market. 
The top two have two NFL teams, so we should have two NFL teams. So an HOD major would come along and be like, look, first of all, two million is a big difference. (laughs) Secondly, um, I need you to think about who you're trying to put this other team next to. Like, Uh this is not going to go well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, No news on Jerry's response. However, um, just seeing the mayor double down Mm -hmm. is just kind of like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think that that was a very ballsy statement. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that he does not know Cowboys fans because I, I don't know. I don't know. You would have done something else. Or you would have, you would have, even pitched. if in you theory, would have said like, hey, let's get another baseball team. Oh, let's get another hockey team. Or let's even let's get another basketball team. But Cowboys, even if in theory, there were enough people who didn't already have allegiance to the Cowboys to put another team. Do you think as soon as Jerry Jones learns or even Stephen Jones learns that there (laughs) is going to be another team, that they're not going to do everything in their power to make things as hard for that team as possible? There will be this, like... This, like, and and, and before said. people start, this is different than Derby shit, okay? Oh, we're, not, yeah. we're not dealing with billions of dollars right. a year. So, we're, like, we're dealing with, like, we have to pay to play. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with, okay? And that were the case, the whole conversation surrounding that would be, like, very different, very right? Very different. I, I look forward to the day where we have billions of dollars to beef over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is different. Like, this is, like, family legacy. This is yeah. livelihood. This is, like, their survival and the improvements to Jerry World and, and for the team. Yeah, but that's what Tip said. This is said. like fighting for sponsorships. This yeah. This is fighting right, for airtime. Right, It's like, like what Tip said last week. Like, it's like you're setting this new team for failure already. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so many years in the making. It's one of the first teams of the NFL. Like, it's been on for so long. And these Cowboys fans are the most diehard fans I've ever seen. And I come from a soccer, only (laughs) soccer country, only soccer. Like, those are diehard, like, fans. And, like, I've never seen anything like Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans. Watch some of the, some of the, I call it the internal media of the Cowboys, because it's, like, all these little podcasts Mm -hmm. and YouTube shows that they have Mm -hmm. that are, like, literally created by the Cowboys to talk about the Cowboys, which is like the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. We should do that. We should do um, that. <laughs> Actually, as soon as you were saying, I'm like, you know what? It doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> we could add a little bonus episode and be like, so this is Violet Prime. Um, let's do that. We're going to do that. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah. It, but it's like, if you watch these shows... There are people calling in from all over the country. It's not like Dallas people are watching these these Cowboys themed YouTube shows. Oh no. They get calls from Denver, from Canada, from New York, like from Louisiana, everywhere. So it's like the fan base, it is strong. <laughs> like Yeah, when we had the, the do guest your research from man. uh from Geek Salad, mm-hmm. what was he's from North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Cowboys fan. Yeah. And that's why they be having so so many celebrities on the sidelines. It's like all these people they they live in LA. Like, isn't LeBron James a Cowboys fan? It don't matter. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's it. I've never seen anything like that, like that hardcore. 
those are the ones that like like would get in fights if you talk shit about the Cowboys and shit. Like like that's wild. To Even me. though sometimes they be talking shit about their own team members. Well, but that's a whole that's a, but but this is the thing. This is the thing. They can't. But if another fan from another team talks shit about that specific player that they were just talking shit about, ooh, it's over. You can't. <laughs> I'm the only one that can talk shit about my player. Oh, it's, 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 it's true, though. It's just, it's just well, well. And then they will pull all the good stats about the player that they were just talking shit about. Anyway. Well, let's sign off so we can talk about Violet Crown. We'll do a bonus episode. Cool. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, so if you're watching, um, if you if you're watching this episode or listening to this episode, and there's probably gonna be another episode released around the same time. So make sure you check it out to hear more about our team. Woo! All right. So um I'm bitch two. I'm bitch one. And we out and coming right back. <laughs> <laughs>